I don't know if you're much of a reader. Uh, one of my favorite authors um, is a, a spiritual author in so many ways. He was also, also a philosopher at USC. His name is Dallas Willard. And he has a, a great book that's titled In Search of Guidance, and I would highly recommend it. Um, but in this book, he tells a story of a woman named Virginia Lively. And in this account, uh, Virginia Lively, in just this reasons unknown to her moment, uh, one day just began weeping. And she wept for four days straight. And the story continues as this. On the morning of the fourth day, alone in her living room, there was a sudden hum and crackle in the air. She saw a ball of white light through a window, spraying showers of multicolored light in its wake and approaching her with amazing speed. Then it was right there beside her. And as she looked at it, she saw a face. He is perfect, was her first thought. His forehead was high, his eyes were large, but she could not fix their color any more than she could the color of the sea. His features were lost in the overwhelming impression of life brimming over with power and freedom. Instantly, she knew this was Jesus. She saw his utter lack of condemnation, saw that nothing she had ever done or ever would do could alter the absolute caring or the unconditional love in his eyes. Now, according to her account, Jesus was present with her in this manner described for three months. And then his presence began to fade. And when Virginia last saw him, he said to her, I will always be with you. What do you make of that account? As, as, as you hear this account, what's causing you pause right now? Do you believe this account to be true? Do you doubt this account? Or maybe do you long for something like this to happen in your own life? Or do you think that this is something that only happens to other people? Today we're going to begin our new series called The Holy What? You got to put a little bit of mustard on it. Where we're going to be embracing over the next five weeks the mystery of the Holy Spirit. Now, when some of us hear the name the Holy Spirit, uh, we can feel uncomfortable. Uh, that we, we can actually, many of us could associate this divine name with negative memories and images. Maybe you've seen a, a faith healer on TV in a bad suit, jumping around and dancing and asking for money. Maybe it's the, the co-worker who has awkwardly whispered to you that the Holy Spirit told me to tell you. Now, despite some of the uneasy feelings that the name the Holy Spirit may conjure up for us as contemporary people, at Midtown, we're deeply committed to the personal connecting with, our spirit, with the spirit of our creator, that, that we are pressing into a relationship with our God through the Holy Spirit. And in this series, we want to just explore some of the, the meaningful ways that the Holy Spirit may show up in our lives, our regular, regular, ordinary lives that you and I live. 
Now, um, I think maybe some helpful imagery, just uh, as an introduction in ways of, of the Holy Spirit, is this. Um, you guys probably remember uh, there was the fad of the fidget spinners for a bit. Um, if I am to use this, and even as I bring it a little bit closer, uh, we have three heads on this fidget spinner. And we can see in this, we can see God, right, who we would know as God the Father. We can see Jesus, who we would know as the Son of God. And then we would see the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. So God is three in one. And what this means is that if you were to take away either of these heads, that you would be left with only two-thirds of who God is. And when all are active and we're missing it, the active participation in God's life is only possible when all three of God are active in our lives. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to experience only two-thirds of God. So the invitation of these next five weeks is that we press into all aspects of God, especially the one that can be forgotten as the Holy Spirit. Now, a working definition for us around the Holy Spirit could be something like this. God's empowering, transformative, and dynamic presence in our lives. And one way this presence shows up is that we can hear the voice of God. Now, if you're new with us, or maybe you're newer in your faith journey, or maybe you grew up in a faith tradition that didn't really talk about this stuff too much, you rightfully could be thinking right now, like, oh no, how weird is this about to get? And maybe you're thinking of that hearing from God is kind of like the Hollywood portrayal of just someone who has voices in their head and ends up in a padded room. I like how one comedian put it. Why is it that when we speak to God, we are said to be praying? But when God speaks to us, we are said to be schizophrenic. Like we kneel at our bedside. We hold hands around the dinner table. We, we close our eyes and we verbally or internally communicate and talk to a being that is outside of time and space, believing that he in fact hears us. But the idea that he wants to talk back to us, that's just too weird. When we look at the ancient texts of Scripture, especially when we look at the life of Jesus, it is unavoidable that God is actively speaking to his people through his spirit, the Holy Spirit. So we're going to turn to 1 Kings 19, verses 9 to 13. And as you get there, Hannah will also post it in the chat. What we have here is Elijah, and leading right up to this moment, Elijah's on the run, fearing his life. Uh, other uh, armies are after him to take his life. He hits a point of just depression, uh, contemplating ending his life, and he ends up at this point of rest under this tree where an angel physically visits him, physically gives him food and nourishment, and tells him to rest, which that's a whole spiritual experience in and of itself but we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to pick up from there. And it says this in 1 Kings 19, starting in verse 9. 
There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with a sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the, the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face. He went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Now, my working thesis for this morning is this. I don't think it's a matter of if I can hear God's voice. I think it's a matter of are you in a position, are you in a posture to hear him already speaking? Now, what I want to do before I go any further into my message is I want us to have some discussion. We are, we're going to break into groups a little bit earlier than we normally do in a message. Um, our time is going to be a, a little bit shorter. As I look at the list, our groups are going to be stacked. Uh, not everyone is going to be able to share. Um, so when you do share, I would encourage you to share briefly. The goal is not for everyone to work through both questions. These are questions to help prompt us and get us thinking about what God may be speaking to us this morning. Now, um, the two questions are this, and the, the, your, your group facilitators will have these. How did the opening story of Virginia Lively strike you? What, what about that spiritual experience gives you pause, gives you curiosity, gives you angst? What, what was going on when you listened to that story? And then two, you've probably heard of the phrase, a personal relationship with God or a personal relationship with Jesus. And the question is, is it possible to have this personal relationship without hearing his voice? And why or why not? Now, a couple things. Again, there's no right or wrong answers here. Our whole goal of this is to connect with one another, to create space to practice vulnerability, and to collectively hear God speaking through this morning's message and through each other. Um, again, not, the goal is not for each person to answer back-to-back -back questions, but more just if God's stirring something in you, share that briefly and then give space for others. And if comfortable, we'd love for you to turn your cameras on, but this is also a space where you can just sit back and listen. I, I believe that God is still going to speak in that. So silence is also in, okay. Now, groups are ready. Uh, so ready, set, go. And I think one of the, the, the hang-ups uh, is that we probably all imagine when we talk about hearing God's voice, is that we expect this audible voice, kind of like how you're hearing my voice right now. Um, or it's similar to like the Lord give me a sign prayer in Bruce Almighty, that when we need to make a big decision or we're in a pinch, like we just want to see writing in the sky to have clarity and hear God's voice. That's like the attractive ways of hearing God's voice, right? We request to hear from him who to marry. What job to take? Do I move across the country? Are we supposed to have kids? But what if it's less about a big decision 
and more about loving union. See, if, if we look at Elijah in all the events going on, it is in a still small voice that he hears the voice of God. And I'm less convinced that hearing the voice of God is just about getting the right answers to the test or to figure out all the big events going on in life. And I'm more convinced that hearing the voice of God is more about us growing in intimacy with both our creator and with others. You see, when we hear the voice of God, we are hearing the voice of love. When we're hearing the voice of God, we're hearing the voice of mercy. When we're hearing the voice of God, we are hearing the voice of peace. When we're hearing the voice of God, we are hearing the voice of reconciliation. Where else do you hear those things in your life right now? In our overstimulated, overconnected lives where we are constantly receiving things that we hear, whether it be something or from someone, I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm most often left with fear and anxiety. I'm left with, with hatred and judgmentalism. I am constantly comparing to other people. There is no other voice that is drawing us into a scenario where we are connected to pure love. Hearing the voice of God is to hear God's empowering, transformative, and dynamic presence in our lives. Do you believe that this morning? Do you want that this morning? And if your answer is yes, are you creating space to hear from God? Another challenge to hearing God's voice is, is actually defining what is God's voice and when do we actually hear it. And this presents a challenge for us because we constantly have thoughts and feelings and emotions and, and our own things that are running through us and we're probably quick to assume that, oh, that's just my own thoughts. As we see with Elijah again, this still, small voice which he hears God can be better described as the voice within, my inner voice. And I see two things with Elijah that for him to hear that still small voice, there was practice and there was placement. There was practice and there was placement. Practice, learning to hear the voice of God and determining what is the thought that takes place, that I'm actually practicing doing this. Are you practicing hearing God's voice in your life? And placement. Elijah's placement was at the mouth of the cave at the top of the mountain. Again, as we, as we look at our, our more distracted, the most probably distracted time we've ever seen in human history, where we are overstimulated, we are overconnected, we are constantly busy. Our technology, our constant connection... When are you placing yourself at the mouth of the cave away from it all? Here's a handful of stories. 
So I can remember uh, late 2019, we're doing connect gatherings actually here in the back room as a part of launching Midtown. And each morning I would get here early and I would just look at the names of, of who had signed up, some I recognized, some I didn't, and I would just pray over them. I would sit in the parking lot, a place of silence and solitude, and just pray and ask God what he's up to and, and what he is doing. And I can remember the second morning I was doing this, I, I, I feel like I could clearly hear, again, not this audible voice, but this thing within that said, Ryan, this is so much bigger than you. And now I don't know what that means, but I do know in that moment I was having doubts. I was having fears. I was questioning what the heck is actually going on. And it was in that space that I heard this small, still voice that countered everything that I would naturally think. I remember being in a prayer gathering a number of years ago where we were intentionally as a group practicing hearing God's voice and praying for one another. And if we were praying for one person, a number of us were around them when we used to be able to get close and lay hands on each other. And I kept hearing the word Job or the name Job and then a few numbers. And I'm thinking like, okay, the book of Job, that has nothing to do with any of this. And it kept coming to me. And I didn't know why. So finally, I just, I looked up the book of Job. I looked up those numbers. I read the verse. and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. As I brush it off again, and we just keep praying, and I just keep listening. It comes back again. I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll, I'll read it. And I remember reading these verses, thinking in my own mind, this doesn't make sense. And as I finished reading, the person that we were praying for broke down weeping and said, that is exactly what I needed to hear right now in this moment. See, again, it didn't make sense for me, and I had my own thoughts and thinking, but it was this thing within that was kind of pushing against the way that I would think about what we were up to. I was boarding on a plane to London about five years ago for a ministry trip, um, and I remember kind of early on in the flight, as, as we got on and we were sitting at this point, I, I don't think we'd taken off yet, and I had this feeling or this impression that said, there's going to be an opportunity for someone to be raised from the dead. And trust me, even as you hear that, I, in the moment I was like, that's weird, that's not possible. And I hear that, and, and I put it in the category as my own thought, because anytime I get on a plane, I'm always like, well, this is it. This is how my life ends. This is going to be the one plane that goes down in, this year, and it's just, that's it, right? So I'm putting in the category, yeah, we're all, all probably going to have a chance to get raised from the dead, because this plane's going down. That's my own thinking. We're halfway over the Atlantic, about nine hours in, and there starts to be this commotion on the plane. And before we could figure out what's going on, the plane starts to turn back around over the middle of the Atlantic to turn back to the U.S. After some time, we found out that a man went into cardiac arrest and it passed. Now, I don't know what to make of that. And sometimes I question, should I have gotten up and gone and laid my hands and prayed for him? And I want to say, yeah, I probably should have. But was God inviting me to a greater participation of the kingdom in that? I don't know. I remember sitting with Caitlin a couple years ago, uh, early 2019, we had just stepped out from our previous church leadership and getting ready to plant. And we do an annual reflection every year. And after years of infertility, this is the first year that we, we work separately. We work through our sheets. We pray and we write things down. We look ahead to the next year and we come back together and talk about it. And we both, this was the first year we did this, we both wrote that we are not leaving 2019 without a child. And we both felt that the church plant was to come after having a child. Hence, we pushed the start date into 2020. 
A few months later, we adopt Emery. We get to the hospital nine hours after she was born, and two months after that, we find out that we're pregnant with Josie. I remember sitting in my chair one morning, just being open to what God was doing and just listening. And all of a sudden, a, a, a thought pops in my head that reminds me of my biological father, who I'd only met a few times in my life, who I'd not talked to in probably 15 years. And I felt God say, forgive as you have been forgiven. And I wept for an hour. See, I tell you these stories to say that it's not going to be the same every time. And God is always doing something new. But there was something about each of these stories that I was in a posture to hear God's voice. That I was actually in a space where there was no other distractions going on. That I was in preparation for something else. That I was asking to hear his voice. And these little nuances, he spoke. And in these little nuances, he invited me to something greater, both with him and with others. Do you want to hear from your creator more? What does practice and placement look like in your life? We're going to move into practice in a second to finish our morning. In Jewish tradition, there's a theory about Moses and the burning bush. Uh, God spoke to Moses through the bush. And the theory says this, that a lot of people had passed by the, the burning bush. Moses was just the first one to stop and to listen. I heard a pastor one time tell a story that as he entered his house after work each day, his son would rush to him and say, Dad, take off your shoes, take off your shoes. And after a period of time of this happening consistently, and his son always adamantly asking him to take his shoes off, he finally asked his son, Son, why, do you, why are you so quick to ask me to take my shoes off? And his son said, because when you take your shoes off, I know that I get time with you. We all lead some of the loudest lives with the ability to listen to something or someone constantly throughout the day. Social, streaming, car radio, cell phone, podcast, you name it. Are you willing to slow down? Are you willing to take your shoes off? And are you willing to be present and to listen? Again, I don't think it's a matter of if I can hear God's voice. I think it's a matter of are you in a posture to hear him while he's already speaking? So because we see in Elijah, it was more about his posture to hear than his power to listen. That it's God is the one with the power to speak to us. Are we in the posture to listen now, before we rush back into our busy lives, I want us to give us a chance to take our shoes off. And this could feel awkward, this could feel uncomfortable, but I ask that you just embrace this to trust me and just to give us some space to let this breathe for a moment. Now, there's a few ways in which I think we can grow in the practice of hearing God's voice. And one is to practice, is to take our shoes off and to listen. Two is to read scripture. God has spoken through scripture. God has spoken through the life of Jesus. And we get to hold it over us as a lens to learn to hear what his voice is. And the more that we do that, the more we will hear competing thoughts in our inner voice that are good and beautiful and challenging more than our own thoughts. Are we regularly ingrained in scripture? And then lastly, and this is what we're going to practice, is actually sharing what we're hearing within community. That the beautiful thing about being the people of God is that we actually get to practice things with one another. And a couple things can happen from this is, one, I think we get to edify and encourage each other. You know, there's that encouragement. If you and I were sitting down 
and someone or I say to you, hey, I just see really good things in you. That's a massive encouragement. I love when people tell me that. As the people of God, we actually get to transcend that and say, hey, I think God sees in you because I'm listening to what God might have for you. And then also, in community, we humbly lay down what we might be hearing from God and the community gets to speak in and affirm or maybe even not affirm. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us. We're going to practice silence for about a minute, maybe two, being conscious of time here. But I want you, if you need to turn your cameras off, you can. Just do the best you can to get into a place of your shoes off, a posture of listening, and all distractions out. And it's hard to do because the first thing you're going to start thinking about is lunch after this. You're going to think about all your work to do next week. You're going to think about your grocery list. So I would encourage you to come back to a word or a phrase during this time. You could use what Samuel said as a young child and said, Lord, your servant is listening. But let's just be silent. I just want you to be in tune. Do you hear a word? Do you see an image? Is it a, is it a scripture? And then after that time, what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to share it in the chat. You might have something generally that you just want to share in the chat and just type it in. That's fine. You might also be able to just pray and work through the list of people that are here. And maybe God has something specific for someone that you want to private chat them. So ultimately, I just want us to create a space. And God, we ask you to speak. So come, Holy Spirit. Your servants are listening. So go ahead, and as you feel led, as you feel comfortable, um, go ahead and type. Whether it's in the group chat, whether it's a private message. Um, as I listened, the word grace just kept coming forward uh, over and over. Um, and I be believe it to be in the sense that for those of you who might be feeling condemnation, who might be feeling guilt or shame, whether it be actions um, that you've done, things in your past, the weight that is being held over you right now for, for whatever that is, I just feel like led to say that I just want to remind you of God's grace for you. God's grace that is greater than anything you could ever do. How can you receive that today? And how can you let that move you towards healing? 
healing within, healing with others. So that's my word for this morning. So I would encourage you, again, type as you would like to read through. There might be something in the general for you or even in your private box. But thank you guys for participating. I would encourage you to continue to adopt a practice like that as often as you can throughout your day. My prayer is that we continue to become a people that is seeking after the presence of God. Because you know that what follows God's presence is his power. And I, just, I believe that his power, his power of healing, of reconciling, of restoring, of renewing, of, of everything that he wants to do in and through us and the lives of others that is good and beautiful and whole. And when we are people saturated in that presence, I believe that we are people that actually participate in his power. Amen? A people of his presence are a people of his power. So with that, let's go into our time of communion to wrap up this morning.